Good morning, beautiful people. I know I was on just a few minutes ago, but now, you know, we restart the show when we when our guests come on so that if the guests want to take this, they can use it on their own sites and in their own social media places. So this morning I got Gorman Burchard because guess what it is? It is New Haven Docs, the New Haven Documentary Film Festival, which kicks off October 13th and runs through the 23rd. And um, I'm so happy to talk to you because no, I love these films. Oh my God, this lineup this year Thank is you. I, incredible. It all starts tonight uh, and goes for eleven days, and 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 then I sleep. <laughs> <laughs> now, does it does it go to eleven days, and next year goes to twelve days and thirteen days, or do you try to hold it to eleven days? <laughs> I, I, I'm going to stick at eleven days, and even I'm even looking at this schedule, and it's like you know, I'm looking at Saturday, and I'm thinking. What was I thinking? There's too many screenings going on, but I guess that you know it gives everyone a choice. There's something for everybody here, which you know. I mean, that no matter what your likes, what your loves, what you're interested in, you can find it here at the festival. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. So uh, you know, I always got to ask you. You know, when you start this, d- d- does anything stand out to you that you absolutely loved? Oh God, yeah. I mean, uh, there's the problem is every time people have been asking me this this year, there's so many films that I love. Starting with tonight's film, I, I um, it, at Cafe Nine, our opening night film, Oklahoma Breakdown. It, it's it's the story of this brilliant singer songwriter who just becomes he leaves his bands and he becomes this one man band. But it sounds like three people are up there on stage playing. He's an amazing musician. And it's 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 just this story of one man trying to make it on his own terms. But the crazy, the great thing is he's coming up from Oklahoma and he's going to play after the screening. Oh, we're in Connecticut. Really? Movie and Mike Hosty playing afterwards for a $15 ticket, which to me is, you know, you, you, when I'm thinking, when I go to concerts, like it seems to always be $175 a ticket, Uh, (laughs) 15 bucks, you're getting a movie and a concert, you know. You can spend the other uh, 160 bucks on beer. <laughs> so, so, so this year is really important because you're back in spaces. Yes, completely live, no online films. Wow. So, how do you do? How do you? How do you do this? Like, did you forget how to get all kinds of films in spaces? Because for the last couple of years, at least two years, almost three years, you've been doing them online. Mostly online. We had a couple of screens here and there, but mostly online. Well, I mean, honestly, no, I did, I think I've been waiting to get back into spaces because for in, in my head, believe it or not, it's, it's easier to do it live than it is to do it online. Really? Yeah, because I'm also online. Online doesn't make it special. We can turn on Netflix. We can turn on any of these stations and watch any documentary. This is a chance to see a documentary that you can't see anywhere else. And you can watch it with a group of people on a big screen, the way movies are meant to be, you know, seen. And, and let's face it, at this point, get out of the house. We've all been cooped up in the house uh, way too long. So do you feel like um, these last couple of years, the quality of the films have gotten better? Um, are you seeing really um, good stuff coming your way? I, we are, but um, have they gotten better? Um you know, it varies from year to year. I think there's always great filmmakers out there. There's also a lot of really bad filmmakers out there. Um, <laughs> you know, so, I mean, we still have a couple, you know, our films that get the rating of one out of 10 with comments that I probably couldn't repeat anywhere. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, that happens every year. But 
are there more? It's I think for me this year there are more that are in my wheelhouse because there's a lot of music stuff, which obviously I I make music documentaries, so I, I tend to lean towards them a lot. Um, and it's interesting. I, I think we've talked about this before. Every year we get in a lot of films on certain subjects. You know, like. Mm-hmm. Years ago, it was all on the politics because we had just gotten over an election. You know, this year, believe it or not, we got in, we got, we're showing like a half a dozen films on, excuse me, either the Holocaust or some Jewish sort of, uh, uh, you know, ideologies and so forth, which is was more than we've ever gotten in. And, and they're really? all good. Yeah. And what do you attribute that to? Like, what do you, what do you think that's about? I don't know. I mean, you know, <clears throat> I was, we were talking about this last night, and part of me thinks it might be a response to, uh, you know, people say, you know, the, all the fake news out there of, like, the Holocaust never happened. You know, I think that, okay. that that could spur people into making a film that say, no, wait a second, kind of did, <laughs> you know? And and I think that, um, I, I do think that a lot of times filmmaking, especially political and social issues, sort of, uh, you know, answer and follow what's going on in the news. Okay. And so what other kinds of stories are you seeing? So you're seeing a lot of Jewish films or Jewish inspired films. A, a lot of, um, like I said, a lot of music films. We have one of the weirdest films that we've ever seen <laughs> called A Life on the Farm. And this came out of nowhere and I, I put it on and it's about, you know, you know how we've all seen horror films, you know, like, like Blair Witch about these found videotapes, you know? Yes. All right. This is about a found videotape that's real and it's this wacky farmer in the uk who films everything including things like his mom dies and he wheels her out in the wheelchair to say goodbye to the cows so they can like see her dead body and pay their respects and this is all on weird videotape and he's it's one of the strangest, freakiest movies you've ever seen as someone described it as texas chainsaw massacre meets monty python and I think it, it, I really recommend it. That's playing tomorrow night at the Criterion at 930. And, and it's appropriately enough with a short film called Dress a Cow, which is about a annual cow dressing competition, which you sort of have to see to believe. Um, and so they sort of go well together. A lot of cows. Like, like they put clothes on cows? Or they dress cows and make them into these. It's like it's almost like a Halloween ball for cows, if you can imagine that. <laughs> um so i mean so yeah so we have weird things like that we have a, a a a really heavy and but beautifully made uh film that sort of feeds off the me too movement from hollywood called body parts and it's a number of really well-known actresses talking about how they were sort of coerced into nude scenes and sex scenes that they never that weren't weren't in the script you know, and they're there on set and the director is like, well, come on. It's like, it'll make the scene better, things like that. And, uh, you know, through the ages. And it's it's a very, very well-made film on a very important subject. Wow. That's pretty powerful. Yep. Yeah. That's pretty powerful. So um, um, you've got some, you've got some films on, I think there's a film on the Black Panther. Huey. Huey uh, yes. Yes. And that, Huey that's. Newman. Yeah, that's a wonderful film, which I believe you are going to be moderating. Yes, I'm yes. looking forward to that. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, uh, American Justice on Trial, The People versus Newton. And it's also playing with another film called For Love and Legacy, a short film about someone who created a, a sculpture of Newton. Uh, so, yeah, it's... it's Is that um, um, the sister that did the, the sculpture here of Mr. Lansing? I believe so, yes. Yes. Dana Dana King. Yep. Yes, yep. He, I, I consider someone I know, so that's exciting. He was yep. a very good-looking man. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it's 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 a, uh, they're both excellent films, and I mean, let's face it, there's definitely a New Haven tie with the whole, you know, May Day rallies back in 1970, which most of people don't remember, but, you know, um, and and yeah, they're exceedingly well made, and also, this, since we're, we're on the subject of you moderating, you're moderating one of my favorite films, which is uh, Let a Little Light Shine, about um, a, a school district fighting for its life in Chicago. Yes, I I, I jumped out of my seat to cheer that thing. Thank you for sending it to me because I because I you know I was watching it and you know Gorman, I was like, where's this gonna go? Like, is this gonna is this gonna break my heart? <laughs> like, am I gonna be like? But no, it 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 gives you a sense of what a group of people can do. Yes, um, and fight and, back. And the filmmaker is going to be joining us via Zoom. Hopefully, if all technical things go correctly, uh, <laughs> on, on, on on the night of the screening. I love it. I love it. So I'm um, I'm going through the roster, and I see yes, yes. There's a lot of um. There's a lot of uh, uh, music, music films. I, mm-hmm. And I see a lot of films by uh, of people of color mm-hmm. it, that I haven't noticed in the last years. I mean, you always have one or two, but this seems like a, this seems like a lot of black films in here. It, you know, I think that, I, I think that black filmmakers are finding their voice and, you know, they're, they're getting their work out there. They're getting fun. I mean, let's face it. The two hard people always ask me, what are the hardest things when you make a film? Raising the money and yeah. distribution. So uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, if you can if you can get past that first obstacle of raising money, you know, that that's the first step. And and the thing is that the films are all amazing. The the thing is most of the time when we see the films, we don't even know who the filmmaker is when we first watch it and judge it. Um like last I think it was last year we had over fifty percent of female filmmakers okay yeah yeah so it's it it honestly comes down to the quality of the film i never ever uh look at who the filmmaker is it's it's like is this something that i want to show people in my festival and there, there are times when it's like i think this is a great film and no one comes and there are times when it's like last year i i always let my jurors pick films um that might mean something to them, but none of us like. Um, and like, I remember two years ago, we had one film. No one liked this film. I, I had some one juror who said, I watched it four times and I still don't know what it was about. Um, but it was the, the largest selling online film of the entire festival. Really? Yeah. So I guess there's no accounting for taste. But it, or, well, I mean, everyone has their different things because it was, you know, films can be about a very specific subject, you know, and this was about a, a certain, like, very avant-garde writer, if I remember correctly. And I think they just fed into his fans who were looking for something about him. Oh, I love it. I love it. So I saw that there's, um, there's a, a film on the craft beer folks. Yes. And we was- have Alyssa um 
is in this because you know rhythm rhythm beer is part of that movement so yep um she is going to be there doing a beer this is a cafe nine on monday night a wonderful i mean first off it's a movie about beer so you're gonna have a good time and there's a beer tasting and you're in a bar so come on <laughs> what else can you do on a monday night you know it's like forget monday night football whoever's playing it doesn't matter it's just there you can watch the, the highlights on you know espn come and enjoy see a good movie and get have a tasting of like someone who's making amazing beers right here in new haven you know on her own you know also a woman of color making beers uh, which i think is is kind of a rarity in that in it that is art. Yes. So, uh, yeah, it, 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 I really recommend that. The, the, the four Cafe Nine films are great. They're, they're just fun. You know, mm-hmm. which I really like. The, the other, cap, uh, th- next Thursday night, the 20th, Catching Air. It is a... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It is, it's, it's the only film where I was laughing out loud. In fact, at one point, I'm drinking a beer as I'm watching this film, and it's about the Air Guitar Championship in Finland. And these people go all out. They have names. They have costumes. And one woman is up there, and her name is Mom Jeans Genie, taking off on the David Bowie song, and that she's wearing mom jeans. And I literally spit the beer out of my nose. I was laughing so hard. It is a wonderful film. Uh, And the world champion, Andrew the Flying Finn, is going to be at Cafe 9 performing and then we're going to have an air guitar contest where we're giving away an electric guitar to the local winner who and to be judged by Andrew. Because air guitar is not actually playing a guitar. No, it it's is pretending to play a yep. guitar. Yep. yep. It, <laughs> it, it is a, it's just a wonderful film that's just foolish fun. And we're going to, I hopefully we're going to have a night of just people making fun of themselves and laughing their butts off. Okay, so were there any films, uh, Gorman, that broke your heart, that made you cry or made you feel like, damn? (laughs) You know I'm an animal nut, so I'm going to adjust animals, which is part of the Compassion Fest. Uh, They have two screenings on Sunday at the State House with vegan food trucks. And I mean, so it's it's a mini compassion fest with two great rings, but Just Animals is about a young woman who worked uh, in animal rescue for about 10 years and started really suffering compassion fatigue, um, which is where you like see too many things die and you start feeling your compl- everything is completely helpless and you start taking it out on yourself. And it, it's a really powerful, powerful film. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, that was one. Um, I'm trying to think other films that that broke my heart. Well, obviously, I I I I was the same thing with you with with the let a little light shine. I'm like, where is this going? Is this going to you know? Am am, am I going to be crying? You know, cry. I cry very easily at films. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Into the Ice, which is it breaks your heart if you love the planet. It's one of the most beautifully shot films you will ever see about global warming. And there's okay. not about politics. It is just about showing what is happening. And it is stunning to look at. But you look at it and you go, how are we not doing more to stop this? Mm. Mm. Were there any films that you were like, I'm surprised by this? Like, I I love it or I don't love it, but I'm 
I'm pleasantly surprised. I'm surprised. Well, I mean, uh, well, life on the farm would have been one of those. Um, <laughs> I, like, I don't like found footage kind of things. Um, uh, long live my happy head. I ha- I don't really like films about disease. If I, 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 that, that I, I just, I don't know. I think we have too much cancer and everything around us. This is a film about someone who gets a brain tumor and he, they think he's going to die. And he decides to tell his story through this amazing um, cartoon comic book. And it is, and the film is a lot of animation and it is somehow life affirming, despite the fact that it's talking about death. That, okay. film, that film I truly loved. Um, the Jewish Jail Lady and the Holy Thief, which is just this another uh, Jewish film, but it's it is really bawdy, and it's a, it's an older couple, and it's it's kind of it's it's kind of going to surprise you that like it's it's possibly our dirtiest film, so to speak. Whoa! Uh, the, uh, another film though completely surprised me, and it's in. It's one of our shorts. You have um, some amazing shorts this year. And this is in, um, if, if I got I got to find it, it's in uh, short block number one. And it is a film called Sunrise Variation. And it is on the very odd uh, practice in Japan of anal sunbathing, where you literally get down on the ground. <laughs> Put your pants down, spread your cheeks, and let the sun hit where the sun doesn't normally shine. Doesn't that burn? Uh, I think you only do it for a few minutes. And it's a wonderful short, but you're going to sit there with your jaw dropped, you know? And be like, what? Are people doing this? Okay. Now, um, do you have a student component this year? Do you have student films? Oh my God! Yes, and so we have uh, on next next Saturday, the twenty second, our second to last day. We have a student film competition. It's sponsored by the state, uh, the Connecticut uh, Department of Film, TV, and Digital Media, and uh, it's it's showing on it's it's going to be on Saturday with the actual award competition and all the students there, and it's going to repeat on Sunday. Twelve amazing films, some of the highest rated student films we've ever had. Wow. Really, really, really good stuff. And I'll say that I believe a college that has never won before won Best Film. So. That's good. So um, talk about the venues that you're holding this in. Now that that you're back in spaces, what are some of the venues these films are going to be shown at? Our our longtime partner, we have two longtime partners. Partners, of course, Cafe Nine, where we're showing four films this year, which is the most we've ever shown, <clears throat> and the New Haven Public, the Free Public Library on the corner of Elm and Temple, and they've been our partner as well for a long time, <clears throat> and so we're and we're showing a number of films there. And the nice thing about those films, the price is pay what you can. So if you want to see a film, and hey, I don't have twelve bucks to go see a film, you can go in for free. Mm-hmm. You can't really, you, 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 I, I, you can't beat that when you come right down to it. No, you cannot beat that. Plus, the library and, is a yeah. nice space. <laughs> it's a very nice space. I mean, and not only those, compact, the two Compassion Fest films at the State House are pay what you can for free. And the student competition is also um, uh, free. So, 
Uh, yeah, we we have two films at the State House. We we partnered with the State House in 2019, but then of course during COVID they weren't really open, so uh, we're back there for a couple of films. And our but our new partner is the Criterion Bowtie Cinema on Temple Street. Oh, good. Yeah, and which is we're really happy about. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm kind of happy we're not we don't have outdoor screenings where we have to set up the screen. The projector, is it going to rain? All of a sudden, here we go in, we just plug it in and play, you know? Oh, I like that. And so, um, um, so they, so they're a new partner. I, I would imagine they would be excited to have people come to the theater. I, I, I think so. I mean, uh, Jen, the manager there and the whole staff is amazing. They're so wonderful. Uh, they're super nice. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to their first screenings here tomorrow. So. Wow. All right. So, how many films? hundred. It's got to be over 100 films. 116. Okay. Have you Can seen every you? single one of them? It, no. <laughs> there are a couple that it's just like, I would start watching and I'm like, this is not for me, but it's going to be for somebody else. And sure enough, they're in there, you know. Um, but those are the cases where I trust the people that I'm working with. That's what I'm going to say. That takes a lot of trust to say, I let somebody I, else pick films. I, but the thing is, I always let, like I said, with the with the with a couple of years ago, when the one that made uh, sold the most tickets, none of us liked it, but one <laughs> did it. My feeling is, if, if I'm trusting you to rate the films, <clears throat> I'm going to trust you. I mean, everyone has different loves and and you know likes and dislikes. So, what appeals to you? Like, I mean, you like the Lenya pizza. I don't. You have to bring up people. Come on. Uh, you know, so I mean, it's like, but I still adore you and I still trust your taste. So I would still let you, you know, I'd still let you pick a film. <laughs> That's the best way to put it, you know? <laughs> Although I will tell you, I like yeah. Next Door Pizza too. Oh, I, I actually like the, the, the I, I think the plain tomato pie at Next Door is quite good. They, they do vegan cheese. So, and they do it, they do it. Very, they do a really, really great job with the vegan cheese pizza, you know, with all, and I get all the things on it too, but yeah. they do a really good job. Are you, like, are you vegan? No, I have a dairy allergy, so I can't have <sighs> cheese. Okay. All right. Yes. So, yeah, I'm, I'm vegetarian, so I don't do the meat. Um, but um, I've never, so I've never had the, because I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of vegan cheese. I, I sort of feel that if I ever went vegan, I would just stop eating pizza. Except for, <laughs> I guess I can still eat the tomato pies, which I do love. <laughs> well, you should, you should try the, the vegan cheese pizza next door. I, you, like I don't think you'll be disappointed, Gorman. I really think you would be like, okay, I, I, if I had I to, this would not. be it. And they do a nice job of doing the New Haven style. They really do. Yes, they do. Yeah. They do. So I, um, I Another one that I was even surprised at recently, 163, uh, next to Archie Moore's, I, I think it's Oh, called. are they good? It, it, uh, it was one, is my assistant this year lives there, and she said, you got to try it, we got it for lunch. Yeah, it's 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 Neapolitan style, more like oh, okay. But um, but it was still, it was, the, the, um, the their margarita was quite good. The sauce had a wonderful taste to it, so I was surprised. I mean, that's good for me. You know me. I, if, I, if I'm saying I like a certain pizza, it's, it's got to be like, <laughs> moon, you know? Listen, listen, you've got a great documentary on the pizza yes, I do. People uh, still talk about this thing. I, I got to tell you, though, I got to bring up one other film. Because when I, when I mention who the guest star is, people go nuts. So our closing night, back at Cafe 9, 
is uh, a film called The Greatest Radio Station on the World. On I, I saw this, yes. And sp- we're going to have a DJ dance party afterwards. And one of the DJs is Chris Franz, the old drummer from Talking Heads. Whoa. So, yeah. How yeah. Do you, how do you do that? You know, I'm Gorman. No, <laughs> no I would give complete credit to Dean Falcone, our music supervisor. Dean is... But the, Dean knows all the music on all my movies. He was the co-producer on the pizza movie. One of my best friends. The, the guy works miracles when it comes to dealing and getting musicians. So he's he's genius at that. I saw it. I, I love the graphic for that. For for that, that's going to be kind of very very cool. So so, do you have time to make your own films in between this? Like, are you working on anything? What are you I doing? I got yeah. Uh, well, we we just earlier this year finished the Jay Bennett documentary, the one that we played a rough cut of it last year that came out on in april um i have a film at the festival it's it's which is coming out on dvd in december uh old friends a documentary it's the oh i saw i saw i saw that in the lineup yeah and the one thing i'll say about that that's another free film except that it's for it's it's a benefit for the friends of the new haven animal shelter which always needs help and we are asking people bring some dog food, bring some cat food, bring a collar, a leash, some kind of supplies that will help the shelter. Do that as your admission into the film. What, uh, what day is that film screening and where is it screening? That's Saturday at the library, this Saturday at the library at 5 p.m. Okay. All right. So, because the, the people will be listening and, and they'll call me and be like, well, where is that? And I, I, wanna, I want them to already hear it. <laughs> old, friend, old Friends of Documentary. And it is a happy animal yeah. film basically tells the whole history <clears throat> a 10-year history of this amazing shelter in nashville that started in someone's backyard with a couple dogs and over 10 years grew to a um a twenty thousand square foot state-of-the-art medical oh facility. my gosh and it is just the it, it's it's a place where you know, they, they, if, if there is an older dog, I mean, there's, we follow this one dog named you, as in like you, Grant. Um, and if you, when you see him, you're thinking, this dog is just going to be put to sleep. The dog is in horrible condition. By the end of the film, this dog is rolling on the ground, licking the face of the woman who adopted him. I, he's a dog again. He goes from just being, you know, and it's just, they work miracles. And it literally is a very happy animal film. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. I want, I need happy animal films. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> you're, not, you're not seeing, you know, things being abused and stuff like that. You're seeing things being, you're seeing dogs being saved and nursed back to health and finding wonderful homes. So, so now that you you've got the lineup for this festival, are you working on next year's festival? Like, how does how so? Like, no, I, do you take a break? Like, what happens? I take a break. Um, uh, we're gonna we have two films that we're editing right now. The one factory that's on the uh, the the old clock factory building. And all oh, the- how is that coming along? It is coming along. We've got about a hundred and a one hour and twenty minute cut, and we still have to do some more interviews. Some of the, I mean, because we're dealing with a lot of like people from way back it's like finding some of the people and getting interviews is not always the easiest so we're still working on that and we're also doing a documentary on do you know about the powder ridge music festival yes it used to be um used to ski there now there it's got a new life as a music venue but but i'm talking about the one from 1970 when they the town came it was supposed to be the next woodstock 
the town. Oh no, I don't know this story. Oh, my God. So 1970, summer 1970, a promoter from New York who just happened to be in the mob um, decides he's going to throw a music festival in this little town of Middlefield at the ski resort. The lineup is amazing. Sly and the Family Stone, Janice, <laughs> Joe Cock. It was, it was Woodstock again, okay? He sells. Now, I interviewed his son, which one of my favorite things. He's like, well, we printed up 50,000 tickets, but they could have been printed up three or four times. So they, they sold 100, and it, it sold out. So somewhere between 100 and 200,000 tickets are sold. The town can't stand the person who runs the ski resort because he is a known communist, uh, to the, uh, uh, Zemel, to the fact that he actually argued going to Cuba all the way to the Supreme Court. Oh, my gosh. And the town, which is this little conservative town, says, uh-uh, no way, puts an injunction, closes it down. <gasps> it's only three days before the festival now. Now, there's no way to tell these kids. 40,000 kids show up anyway. Despite the fact the roadblocks and everything else. And so they are basically now on a mountaintop with nothing to do but sex and drugs. There are more drugs than you could possibly imagine. It's the summer, it's still the summer of love. So everyone's running around naked, jumping in the pond. And so it literally becomes this music festival of nothing but, you know, sex, drugs, but no rock and roll. <laughs> And it, I mean, and it, I'm telling you, every person I interviewed, the layers keep getting. There was a there was a Yale counterculture group called Cosmic Labs. You remember Melanie Brand, the song "Brand New Key"? Mm-hmm. Okay, she's the only one who played. She decides she's going to sneak in with the uh, the 1010 Winds truck, and she gets there now. And and oh, the town and all its genius shuts off the power, so they have forty thousand kids on a ski slope with no electricity. The, the guy who's doing the sound, which is John Hanley, who also did the Woodstock sound, brilliant sound designer, hooks up Melanie's amp to the generators of a Mr. Softy ice cream truck. And she <laughs> performs a set. Hanley gets arrested. Melanie doesn't, surprisingly. That was the only music. I mean, it's, the, the stories are spectacular. Oh, my gosh. And, and we're going to tell the story the film using all old footage. So I've got all this old super eight footage from the festival. I've got over 600 pictures now that no one's ever seen. Um, it's, it's, that's a fun one. I'm really excited about that. Oh, that is cool. I love these kinds of stories. Right. I, I hope you can find some of the people that remember that, right. Like that oh, were there. I, I or... lot, but, but yeah, well, I mean, I think they might've been doing a little bit of drugs. You know? <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, but I, I've definitely, I, we, we have, we're, we have over 45 interviews for that already. That is way cool. Yeah. When do you rest, Gorman? Like, when do you, when do you go on vacation? Like, what do you? Well, actually, my you, wife and I just went to Key West about a month ago. Okay. How long did you stay? I hope longer than a week. We, you know, it was just five days, but it was, it was very relaxing because we had nothing, you know, it was just in Key West, you basically wake up, eat, drink take a nap, figure out where you're going to dinner and repeat. So it's, it's a beautiful location. <laughs> it's like, if you go to a museum, the museums are so small, it takes 10 minutes. It, you know, it's just relaxing. Now, do you go see films In theater? for pleasure? You know, no. do you go see films? No, I, I honestly pretty much now at this point, watch everything at home. 
but I've also been a member of the Writers Guild. I have a, a lifetime membership card. I remember when I got it, it made me feel old. Um, so I get all the screeners for the films that are in theaters. So I, we can just watch them at home. Okay. So you, yeah. I think, I think what I want to ask is you enjoy films, even when you're not looking at films oh, for your yeah. film festival. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I still love watching docs, but I tend to like the small, like for the, the, for fiction films, I tend to like the smaller personal films. Like someone asked me about, uh, it, I did, I did some lectures recently at a college in Pennsylvania and someone asked me about, you know, special effects and CGI. And I said, I don't watch those films. I watch films with actors telling stories and acting like real people. That's the kind of stuff. <laughs> so, so I can't get you to like a, a Batman or a... <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, it, my, my staff does that all the time. But you asked me about sleep. My staff says, it's funny because for Christmas last year, I got an, I got the Apple Watch, which tracks all your health stuff, you know? <laughs> and my staff would always tell me, especially when we're on the road, they're like, you don't sleep. And you don't eat unless we stop to eat and we tell you to eat. So they don't really think I'm human to start with. Um, but I, my God, the first week with the Apple Watch, my sleep for uh, averaged four hours and seventeen minutes. I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm one of those. I'm one of those people too. And I'm quite refreshed. Like I'm not tired or anything. No. And you know, it's like my my cardiologist. I I told him about it, and he goes, "Well, he said, are you falling asleep during the middle of the day?" I'm like, "No." He said, "Do you feel tired all the time?" I'm like, "No." He said, "Have you always been this way?" I said, "Yeah." He goes, "That's the way you're wired." Yeah, that's that's what my cardiologist says too. Although he always says, "I'd like you to get at least one or two more hours on top of that floor." Like if you could, <laughs> I've got it up to five. I've got it up to a little over. So I'm getting, you know, and I think last night because I was so tired, I actually got almost six. So I'm I'm good to go for the whole festival now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the festival starts tonight. The first yeah. movie is what is Oklahoma the first movie? Break, Oklahoma Breakdown, with and that's Mike. at Cafe Nine. Yes. And there will be a musical performance connected to that. Yes, Mike Hosty is up coming up from uh, from uh, Oklahoma. And uh, and that film is what that the cost of that to get in is what fifteen dollars. Yeah, all the cafe nine are fifteens. And they, you do you want people to prepay before they get there, or can they pay at the door? They can pay at the door, but if you want to make sure, I mean, I know we have but cafe nines are not sold out. We do have one sellout at the Criterion, so it always helps to you know get a ticket beforehand. But you can absolutely prepay at the door. Okay, because that's a good place because they got a good bar over there at uh, Cafe Nine. So you could have a drink and enjoy a film and, and enjoy some music. Yes. And one of our sponsors is New England Brewing Company. So probably probably have some specials as well. Oh, that'd be good. All right. So it kicks off tonight. It runs until the 23rd. So pretty much every, almost every night you've got a film screening somewhere. Oh God. Yeah. We have, and, and sometime we have three going at the same time. So our slowest nights are Monday and Tuesday, where we only have like one film at, at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, yeah, we have we have tons of films. But there's something even on Monday and Tuesday. There's four films during those days, starting you know at twelve, two thirty five, and seven. Okay. And so people want to know how to find. I mean, I think people know how to find these films. But NewHavenDocs.com is it dot com dot org NewHaven NH Docs NH Docs dot org so that you can get the full lineup and you have a great facebook page which has has trailers so if you want to catch a little snippet of the film 
you know, uh, gonna, you've got, you got a bunch a, of trailers. I'm, I'm going to give a shout out to my assistant, Margot, because she's been handling social media and she's been going nuts on it and she's doing a great job. Oh, that's great. So you've got a good team, Gorman. I, I always have a great team. I, we, we, we just find a lot of, you know what? I find it if you just treat people well and you feed them well and, you know, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it, 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 it takes a lot for, you know, I, I remember like last year, I, I almost lost my temper, but it was at the at calling a woman from AAA when my Jeep overheated uh, in the middle of a festival and my Jeep is carrying all of the stuff that we need, you know, <laughs> and, and if you didn't understand it, all I needed was a bottle of antifreeze. I didn't need to be towed. And she was like, we can't bring you that. And I'm like, but you can bring me everything else. She says, yes, but we can't bring you that. <laughs> wow. You know, and I so didn't I, know that. Oh, yeah. And I saw so I'm like, what would my grandfather have done? Because this, I have an old Jeep. And I'm thinking to myself, he would have taken bottles of water and poured it into the radiator. Old That's school. That's it. Old school. And I did that. And the Jeep ran for the entire rest of the festival. <laughs> but those Jeep, and thank you to my grandfather for making me remember that. I, I love it. Well, I'm so glad that you had time to stop over this morning and talk about this festival. It's one of my favorite New Haven things. Uh, I, you know, I'm going to try to break my own record this year. Uh, I watched a lot of them when you did, when you did them online, but mm-hmm. I, I kind of like the fact that I could actually go and sit someplace with other people and see these films. So I'm, exactly. I'm excited that it's back. You know, and, and you think about the ones at the Criterion, we've got like big comfortable seats now. Yes. And, you know, a good screen and you can get popcorn. You can have a beer at the Criterion <laughs> and bring it in with you. So it's like, you know, and come to, come to some of our parties. Um, I, I, if I didn't send you the list, I'll send you the list for the parties. Okay. Yes. You know, I love a good party, Gorman. Cool. I love a good party. I don't, I don't know but you, you can have a free beer. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good party. All right. Well, enjoy tonight. Thank you. Um, and uh, I will see you uh, on, for the two conversations that I'm I'm helping to facilitate. But I definitely will catch a lot of these films because I am I am so excited and I love I just love these filmmakers and their heart and souls into these films. I just I think people should see them. So so thank you for coming thank on this morning. Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy this festival. <laughs> I will. Thank you. Bye bye. See thank you soon. You. Yes. Yes. Thank you. All right, Harry, I think we want to take a little bit of a break, I think, or maybe, oh no, well, we got a little time um, before we uh, have to do the call letters, but that's Gorman um, Bashad of the New Haven um, Documentary Film Festival, which is uh, uh, going on, kicks off tonight, so if you're around Cafe 9, um, it starts there, and 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 you'll get a film and a good show. And then just run through the list of uh, all the films. Try to see as many films as you can. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna get my list together, and I'm gonna plot my my viewership. <laughs> I'm gonna see how many films I get to between now and the 23rd. That's my goal. I'm one of these people. I love a goal like that. Love a goal like that. So let me see how many films I can get to. And if I see you out there in these streets, say hi. Tell me what you think of these films and what, what's your favorite film. I'm already hoping for the someday. Wednesday night. I'm calling my girls. Making sure our plans are still tight. Thursday brings a smile. Because I won't be putting up with this bull in a little while. Me and my girls returned it up last week. 
Tried to flip, didn't get tossed. And I'm pearly white, it's time to floss. Got top billing, counted the cost. Everybody knows that you're gonna go get it. Save me with a smile as you earned your cheddar. Work real hard, and who can do better than you, Bob? You got through the week, I didn't even trip when we did speak. Yo, I'm JK, and I'm doing my thing with my big sister. Ace Livingston, and you listen to 103.5 FM WNHH.
check in his baggage. He had cash and he really looked hot. This song could be about your happiness. But he is so focused on his bait. You're gonna let a good catch get away. This song could be about how we first met. But how are we gonna reminisce when you haven't got over him yet? This song could be about what you're searching for. You're looking all over town, and I'm knocking on your front door. This could be.
Met this badass shorty, then you fell in love. Now it's been three weeks since I heard from you. I was thinking about sending my rescue crew. The time he said, really said it all. Saw you carry some chicks back at the mall. Standing on line with skinny jeans. Looking like Ashton Kutcher in the movie scene. And you're crazy about it. Sitting at the party, rocking back and forth, acting like you divorced. Your legs from the dance floor, girls are saying they want more. Fellas to get on the floor, but somebody screams, it's got to be Jay King on the scene. 
You know that I'm a party fiend So of course I stay yes Don't take a bun up inside you yes No, I have to impress Can't come with nothing less Been on the mud gusto Cats won the battle but they don't know Just which way I flow You might be right but Don't you know that my game is tight Got you right in my sight Let's believe all the hype We're gonna rock tonight You got too much It's up to the dance floor Got all these shorties And they're all screaming more you got so much That they wanna show you Want you to think That they know you You got too much It's up to the dance floor in VIP and everyone's eyes on me but I wonder who is she no doubt the baddest shawty then she walked right past me she goes to dance the girl has got me in a trance I don't wanna lose my chance so I back out no I'm just gonna have to show everyone a heart I go jump too much to the floor I'm showing on moves slowly moving closer I gotta be smooth Now she's bopping to my groove We're in the spotlight Girls and guys to the left and right This party's going on all night Probably to the morning light Make me sure an extra flight It got too much It's up to the dance floor Got all these shorties And they're all screaming more Got so much That they wanna show you to think that they know you, you got too much, it's up to the dance floor, you got all these fellas, and they're all looking for just the right girl, that they want to go to, want you to think that they know you, when we're dancing, it's just
Love Babs Love Talk on WNHH LP 103.5 FM, your home for community radio. And yeah, I mean, well, over here in this office, it's a sauna. Oh, oh you don't got the air conditioners up? The air conditioner is broken. Woo! 
So there's a repairman here, but he left. He said, I'll be back. He hasn't been around for about an hour. You know, he's trying to go trying to find a source. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's but it's burning hot in here. I'm not gonna take off my clothes, but it's it's hot enough to do so. <laughs> That's why you're playing Nelly. Open the window, Harry. It might it, the window is open. Oh. <laughs> Where's your little fan? <laughs> you know, COVID uh my fan is a casualty of COVID, right? Exactly. That's the question. Oh. <laughs> that is the question that so I don't know if it caught COVID and they had to put it out of his misery. Oh. Um, but I no longer have a fan. And please, people, if if you can't hear me now, please say something. I'm monitoring the internet now. You know, because everything sounds fine here. But for some reason, Zoom was, I have no idea. Somehow uh, it was. Uh, do you want me to go to Zoom? Escaping. No, we're good. We're I good. mean, not Zoom. I mean, I, I mean, do you want me to go to, where do you want me to go? Facebook? For me, it's good. Okay. <laughs> but I'm in the studio, so I hear everything. So. Okay. All right, as long as you hear everything. Um. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I saw that people posted that they couldn't hear, but. Um, oh, I, I didn't think, see it. See, I don't. I don't never see any of that. So, Yeesh. yeah, but I wasn't looking at it because I was. Um, you know, I rarely use the bathroom here. When I use it, I have to make it a surgical room. You know, I have to <laughs> clean it like that. So that's what I was doing during your show. I was actually. Oh cleaning. yeah, there was no volume. I see people were saying. Yeah, so it wasn't until I. You know, finished performing surgery that I was able to see that message. Okay. But uh Well, they got some of it. Didn't did it just fall out? Uh it I think it just fell out. So I mean, I was able to to reset the network adapter to go to Wi-Fi instead of what was happening here and that seemed to fix it, but okay. I mean, we're back on you know, right now we're good. The internet's working fine. And I don't think I, I have, but I have no idea. I don't work for Xfinity, so. <laughs> I, well, they're I the ones, this the is what they're working on. The, they're working on it, right? Ugh. Well, they're working in the area. Um, and they actually sent me a text this morning that there may be some service disruptions. Okay, whatever. All so right. actually, they sent me an email last night and a text this morning that there may be service disruptions, so. Let's hope that was it. That's it. Well, I will tell you, yesterday, listening to Paul talk to the potential probate judges, I was quite moved and fascinated by the conversation. (laughs) Yeah, you know. I felt like this was really damn good. (laughs) It's funny because, right, so we're like. no idea. (laughs) What what kind of debate can you have for probate (laughs) or judge, right? But they brought it, though, Harry. Yeah, it's like, man, you know, and then, you know, Paul is like. I had no idea that we were going to do a whole hour. Uh, yeah. I know, because you know, you know, Paul, 20 minutes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> 15 at best. <laughs> but, it, but it was. But it was good, right? Surprisingly I, I, very I good. I like them both. They both answered with real credible 
imagine if we could get debates all debates to be this good because that was that was well good and civil right it was just like so yes good as well you know what because they were fr- they're friends harry they're so friends. they're not gonna they're not trying to cut each other's throat it's like you know if he wins cool if he wins all right you know so they they weren't being mean to each other yeah you know but it was yeah. i enjoyed it i had no idea all the responsibilities and the duties and, and for that position it made you think you know Really, whoever wins is very well qualified for the position. So it's I like... think so. I think what won me over was when um, Mr. Barber said, "You know, I'd like to, I'd like to see the probate court go into community. You know, like just moving from downtown and moving into community." I thought that was a really cool idea, Harry. I was like, "Yeah, with yeah, that, interesting." <laughs> it, you know, it's it's we we've had um. Not to get into my uh, my personal situation, but we've had to deal with the probate um courts, and it hasn't worked out <laughs> for us. But you know, so but but it all depends, right? Is it all depends on on the supporting people on either side of the situation and what doctors feel and whatever. A lot of times, um, like doctors and everything aren't dealing with the day-to-day personal situations so they just make recommendations according to the 15 minutes that they saw the person no well i've not had to have that kind of interaction with probate the only interaction i've had with probate is when i adopted my kids and uh and that's where they do it um and uh when my mother passed um had to deal with her estate which was fine. It wasn't any problems or hassles. And when my aunt passed, the probate court notified uh, my cousins, all of us, right? Because my, my aunt had property and, uh, and, and the property became our property. So that was the only, that was the only interaction I've ever had with them. Oh, and when I, and when I changed my name, when I, when I added um, Babs to my legal name, I had to go through the probate court. There you go. So that's it. I haven't had any. You know, that's why I'm saying, Harry, make a will so your wishes can be handled yeah. without a whole bunch of foolishness. You know, I went wild and crazy today, Babs. I only wore two shirts. Wow. And I'm kind of regretting it right now. I'm like really sweating under this shirt. So, Is the window open? It's open. It's it's wide open right now. <laughs> can you open the hall door so you can get a cross breeze? Oh, that's what we need to do. We need to open the... Yeah, you got to open the office door. Because in door. the hall, the AC is working. Yeah, so open the hall, open the hall door and get that cross, cross ventilation. Oh, my God. Is Paul in the office? Yeah, Paul's in the office. He, he, I was wondering what he, he passed by. He said, welcome to... I don't know if he said hell. Hell? <laughs> he was like... <laughs> Get ready to sweat. And I'm like, yeah, I'm there ready, bro. Get ready to rumble. <laughs> I'm there. Uh, but anyway, all right. Oh, well, well <laughs> you know, listen, they're working on it, Harry. At least, listen, at least the That's elevator's true. not out, too. <laughs> That's true. Because I, I, I tell you what, I've seen, and I say to myself, I've always said to myself, is that, you know, you need to lose weight. To, 
Because when these stairs, you got to climb these stairs. But no, I've seen skinny people walk up those stairs and be. Oh, I, stairs are tough for everybody. I don't yeah, care those, what. It doesn't matter. Especially the freaking concrete stairs. I mean, these stairs are. Those stairs is hard. Ridiculous. And mm-hmm. it's three three stories, but it's like four flights of stairs, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they. <laughs> ooh. Yeah. Yes. No, that's not an easy. I don't care who you are. Stairs are hard. You could be Especially you could be in the best movie. possible shape. They are hard. Movie. No, well Paul not for Paul. Paul be like, Yeah, I took the stairs. I know it's broken. I'm like but he's like, Yeah, so stop complaining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't got these knees. <laughs> oh well. It's all right. He can't run up and down them over and over and over. No. Actually, for me right now, it's harder going downstairs than upstairs because I fear my, my – because if my knees give while I'm going up, I just fall forward two steps. If my knees give going down well, – Don't let your knees give. Don't fall. <laughs> It'll be like, ooh. Because, you know, God me. knows it'll take somebody forever to find you. I don't think people will go up and down them stairs, do they? Well, when it's broken, everybody goes, but, you know, that's the only reason I'm going. That's true. I know. I used to, when I get, you get those calls to have the elevators out, I'd be like, damn. You know, this was at the height of when my hips were just deteriorating. And it was just like being dragged over broken glass (laughs) for miles and miles and miles. Like, oh my God. You know, there was a, who was, there was a, um, what's the lady's name here? You know, the older lady here, Lydia? Yes. The elevator broke with her inside it and she was in there for about three hours. I would have lost my mind. How do you, I would have to pee. The moment I'm locked in there, that's the moment I would have to pee. (laughs) Well, I got (laughs) to tell you, me too. And for me, it would be a lot easier because you just, when you open the doors, there's a big puddle in the corner. (laughs) Right? Oh my God. That's what would happen with me. But she stood for like three hours and guess who talked her through the three hours? Who, you? Paul. Well, Paul's got a calming. Yeah, Paul. He's got a, a calming manner. Hey, you know, Paul, I, see me, I, I would want to keep it quiet. I'd be like, just leave me alone. Just get I, the, just I don't think get I've it. ever seen Paul like mad. Maybe one time. I, I see him. One time he was arguing with somebody and I was surprised. I was like, how oh, Yeah, I've never, um, I don't know if I've ever, I gotta think about that. You know, hmm. Well, no, no. but he, yeah, he is the, the person who would sit there for three hours and talk to you. <laughs> Make well, sure somebody, somebody's got to do it, right? Cause not me, you know. You don't want to, um, people get, people need people to, to, to be there for them. Well, if I, you know what I mean? You know, I just want people to fix the elevator so I can get out. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I can entertain myself. Um, yeah, I could get lost in my own head, pondering stuff. Well, you know, um, where my inner city office, we, we have two floors. 
And you know, you know the way the elevator runs, Harry. You think we had three thousand floors because it's a very slow elevator, and it has been known to trap people in it. You know, I've never been trapped in it, but some people I know who work on that floor have been trapped in it. Yeah, that's crazy. That, I mean, I, I I have experienced it when I was um, a kid that I got stuck in the elevator. I had to go buy milk and then coming up I got stuck and I it felt like I was there maybe 12 hours <laughs> you know but it was I think it was ended up being like an hour and, and I had the gallon of milk in my hand and you know what I did I was so frustrated I slammed the gallon of milk on the floor oh my so, god you was that kid yeah so when they opened the elevator, they're like, but why did you destroy the milk? I'm like, I was upset. I was frustrated. <laughs> like Now now you got to walk your ass back down the street to get no, more milk. No, now I was in trouble. Because your mama going to beat your ass. <laughs> now I was in trouble because uh, you had a budget to get an extra gallon of milk in a month, right? That was, so it was like I was in trouble for Oh, because yeah, yeah. you wasting, wasting my money. That's right. I was oh, like, but Lord. I was stuck in the elevator. Yeah, but we needed that milk. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. <laughs> I was like, nobody cares. <laughs> I think I've, been, I've been stuck in elevators before, but never for long periods. Of, do you know what I mean? Like, never for, like, you know, moments, maybe 20 minutes or something like that. Like, nothing to, nothing that'll make me freak out and, like, start screaming, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. No, at at that point, it, it, I was more likely to hurt the wall or slam a gallon of milk. I've been in an elevator where it's been between floors, and they like pull us out. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I don't that like happened, that mess either. That happened all the time in the projects. Yeah, like oh god, <laughs> you know, get it's out when, and then it's when get in the next elevator or take the stairs. Yeah, it's when you're stuck right in between, right in between where. You, if you, they can't open the door. Yeah. No space to lock to slide you out. Mm-hmm. You know, so that is always you got to wait for the fire department. I yeah. know. How do they know to open elevator? Like, how do they know how to do that? I don't know. They are good yeah. at that stuff. It has to be part of the training process, like like climbing trees to get a cat down or something. I don't know. Oh yeah, we had a we had we had um. Cop shooting this morning. Two cops were killed this morning. Two cops, yeah. Three, three. Well, three were shot. Two died um, going to a domestic violence call. And, oh, you know, if I'm a done. cop, Harry, if they tell me it's a domestic violence call, I'm just gonna be like, you know what? <laughs> I don't know what you do with that. I, this domestic violence calls, I think, are the worst because well, you don't know what you're gonna get. Right, it's like a hostage situation. Right? Yeah, it it really is, Harry. It really you know, is. It's just like it's it's Russian roulette going in there. You yeah. know, you don't know because usually it takes a few calls. Did you see? I think the it was in New York where um, there was a domestic violence situation, and they arrested um, the husband, and he and the the wife went to court and said. Please don't let him out. He's promised to kill me. And um, but and they let him out. They let him out, and, and he, he she, killed she, her. She was dead two days later. 
that's the thing with these domestic violence cases, Harry. It is very difficult to 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 get some. I don't want to say justice, but when you when you, these domestic violence, I I feel like this, Harry. I think we should tr- treat domestic violence the same way we treat terrorism. If somebody says I'm gonna blow up a building, we treat that with all deliberate speed yeah. right we don't we don't we don't play around with that we don't say oh he's just kidding or he's just mad they go bring your ass downtown and hold you and all of that i think the same thing has to happen with domestic violence if if a man or a woman says i'm going to kill you i think we have to see that as a real threat <laughs> yeah I, I think so especially when <laughs> when all the steps are being taken to kill the person, right? So, and and in these situations that you're right, it is so, it's so difficult for the justice systems to deal with this stuff, but it's, this is where you, you do have to get, um, like in the, if there's an initial domestic violence call, you have to get um, counselors and, social services all involved in this stuff because when the when it's usually a man i was going to say man but it's usually a man but when i don't know how to put it but when the person who's the abuser in the relationship when they figure out or when the victim finally gets the nerve to actually leave that's when it's most dangerous yeah so when the abuser figures out, oh, they're really going to leave. They really think they could get out of this relationship. It's not their call. You know, so that's what you have to get the social workers or whatever to figure out that situation before it gets to that point where it's like it becomes so dangerous for the person to actually try to live their own lives. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it's crazy. And you're right. I mean, if and this is uh, October is domestic violence awareness month. Jeez. You know, it, I you're mean, right. It, you have to believe when, when the victim is there telling you he's promised to kill me, believe that. Yeah. I, I think, I think we have to treat that like terrorist language. I, I, I don't, I don't see any other way around it, Harry. Because I think getting a restraining order is a good step, but the restraining order is not going to block somebody from choking you out yeah. or shooting you, you or can't throw stabbing you. Order. You can't throw the restraining order at them. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and then, you know, how, how long the average, I think, um, response to a course somewhere between 9 and 11 minutes, you're dead by the time. The police get that. It's uh, I I think I think domestic violence has to be treated like terrorism. I really do. I really do. Too many people have died at the hands of 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 of, of men, women, you know, people um, threatening them. And I think once you start threatening people, Harry, I think that's a terrorist move, and they ought to be treated that way. Seriously. I, I, cause I, that's how I'm, if you threaten me, that's how I'm going to see it. I'm going to see you as a terrorist and whatever I got to do to shut you down, trust and believe I'm going to use it. Yeah. Yeah. And it has to be, you know, this is what I mean. I, I understand 
you know, social, social workers aren't going to be able to respond to the situation. Domestic violence cases are the most dangerous cases. But you should, take one. you should take one, <laughs> you know, take somebody who could assess the situation where it takes it out of the victim's hands, too. Because a lot of times the victims say, you know what, I'm not pressing charges. Nope. You need somebody there to take it out of their hands also because. Yeah. And, they, and I think we do in Connecticut. I think um, if you, I think, in the, I know in rape cases, wait. Yes, domestic violence cases, Harry, the the state becomes the, you know, they take it on. It becomes against the the state. And, and, uh, you know, I should have had somebody on this month to talk about this. It's been a long time since I've worked in these matters. I forgot the the movie that they made of the the lady in Connecticut that, you know, went through all of this. Because I'm going to tell you something. I, I, I hope I never meet nobody that has to do anything, but. I, I can't imagine somebody killing me because, you know, Harry, <laughs> the will to live is very strong. <laughs> the, the I think is- what happens is you never, I think when people get killed, Harry, by their loved ones, they don't see it coming because they don't believe that that person would actually kill them. Even though they said it over and over, you don't think that they will do it. He's like, well, I know he said it. I know he's beat me up a couple of times, but he would never go that far. And what happens goes that far. Yeah, I mean, the crimes of passion are are the, for me, is is the most um, likely to happen. Well, in a relationship, obviously, is a crime of passion, but it's when you have somebody who's there crazy like that and they they don't want to let you breathe they don't want to let you leave the house they don't want to let you let you know that i'm not going to say that's a crime of passion you know what i'm gonna say it's a crime of disrespect but it's a crime but of I'm disrespect. Those, those are the steps those are that's that's the little step because, by step because i think when you call it crimes of passion it romanticizes yeah that stuff and and that's, I, you know, I grew up in a very violent home and it took me a long time to acknowledge that I grew up in a violent home, Harry, even though, and, and for me, the only reason why I, it, my father wasn't beating my mother up every day, but when he did beat her up, it was, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like every day. And so, so I never saw it as, I never saw it like, well, they just get into it. Now that I'm, I've grown up and know a little something he was abusive. I mean, it just, it was just abusive. And I, you know, and, and I, I think my mother and a lot of women, Harry, they just want the abuse to stop. If they could get the abuse to stop, then they could probably have a decent marriage. They could probably have a relationship. They could probably, you know what I mean? Like it puts a lot on if the abuse will stop. So if I just stay in this and I do this, maybe this will stop. Or if I act like this, maybe it'll stop. Do you know what I mean? Like it, they put it on themselves to correct somebody else's behavior. They never put it on the person who's doing the beating. You know what I mean? Like, right. Because, but that's all motivated by fear, right? You go, Oh, you know, I should have had the, the, the food warm for him right. when he came home. You know, no matter, it doesn't matter that he's two hours late. I should have just, you know, I should have known, 
you know, and, and or oh, I should have stood by the stove. And as soon as I heard the car door start, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's motivated yeah. by fear and they start blaming themselves, but it's not theirs to carry. Yeah, it's not. It's it, and they're not clear. It's it's almost it, well. It's like a you know when you fall in love with your hostage taker. It's because, and this is what I mean by passion. It, it you it's so the your nerves, your everything is so raw that a lot of times you get confused and and you don't see things clearly. And you start saying, how, how can I avoid this situation when the only way to avoid it is to get out of the situation? You can't save a lot of those relationships. Um, and I'm not saying none, no relationship is, you know, salvageable, but most of these, when, when it turns physical, when, you know, when, when you can't breathe. But, you know, now we're starting to see these cases, Harry, where on these first couple of dates, these these people are exhibiting oh, these, no. these, these, you know, and then and then these women like, I got to get out of this. I don't want to see you anymore. And then that person is like, oh, you're going to see me. And then they start showing up at their job and they start showing up at their house. And, and you, you know, after a couple of dates, Harry, not even a long term thing. Right. Like, yeah, oh, I, what do you do with that? But a lot you of know what? People, Buy a gun and blow his head off, and then he won't have you. Don't got to worry about it no more. Yeah, in self defense. <laughs> in self defense. I, I don't mean no harm, but some some people have you just got to shoot them and kill them because they're not going to stop. Do you know what I mean? Well, there are some of these thing, guys right? that won't stop. I think it's worse than ever these days, right? Because you have the normal abusive relationships, then you have the situations where you you have relationships online that. Yeah, people fall in love with you, or you're falling in love with them, and you you guys don't even know each other. You you don't even know how the person smells. You don't know how the and then when you meet, you go, oh, geez, why why was I in this relationship for two months with this person? And the other person is like, oh my god, I'm never gonna let her go. You know what I'm saying? It's like craziness. Because people can't talk to each other anymore. You can't go to church and meet somebody at church or at a library or at a, a club. Or, yeah. Now it's, I think you're right. I think you're right about that part. Scary. Yeah. So scary. I've given up online dating because I've seen too many stories. Yeah, and in my know. age cohort, Harry, in my age cohort, you know, you meet somebody online and they want to like kill you or beat you or rob you or all these things. I was like, you know what? Yes, and I don't but, have a I don't have a real good filter um, for a lot of things. You don't so, want to be on Netflix. The story <laughs> about you, the Craigslist killer. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's insane. It's insane and bad. I'm telling you, when Angel signed me up on that dating thing, which he thought was funny, he still thinks it's funny. He was laughing the other day that he can't believe he did it, but. People are so ready to reveal all, and I mean reveal all. That name, people close by sending me pictures and reveal all because we're we're a society that there's a lot of people who are lonely. People are looking for connection, relationship, 
and they're, they're ready to reveal everything. So many women get taken for their life savings and all of this stuff online. Because if they could just have a connection. But my God, go and meet somebody somewhere. Mm. I don't know. Go to, like I said, for me, it's, I would probably meet somebody at church. I don't know where I'm going to meet people, Harry. I, I don't, I just, I'm not even thinking about that. I, I don't even. And then you want somebody kind of kind like-minded with you, right? They're lying to you online. They're agreeing to everything you say online. And then when you get together, it's like, oh yeah, no, no, we're not going to church. <laughs> no. And online, they're Christian. <laughs> In real life, there's an antichrist. <laughs> That's right. No. Or, or, or meet people through friends. And I don't know. I, I, Whatever I, happened I, you to know, I, I met somebody recently who I think I like. And I, and I kissed him the other night. And I thought, okay. This, this, this might be something. I, but I don't, I don't want to talk about it because I don't. I, I just, I'm just so relaxed. Like I just. I don't want to build anything more into it than what it is. You know what I mean, Harry? Like, I don't want to center it. Yeah, you don't like, need them on Craigslist, right? No. <laughs> okay. Harry, I tell you, I'm done with that. <laughs> I mean, I never was on Craigslist, first of all, ladies and you gentlemen. Can, I know, I know. You, but, but like, you know, you know, all these little dating sites. I remember doing them, Harry, but, you know, a long time ago when they first was new and people were trying, you know, people were kind of honest. Now there's too much predatory behavior. Yeah. Too much predatory behavior. Yeah, maybe uh, I could uh, give him an interview, perhaps. <laughs> no, you don't got to. Because yeah, I, I don't know how far he's going to get. Okay. <laughs> he got, I don't know how he, he got to get through all the checks and balances. <laughs> First, he got to get through my checks and balances. And then and then and then he gotta go through the through the family. Then he gotta go through. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he, he'll be thinking he's running for president. Be like, damn, what the hell? Yeah, no. He's like, wow, I didn't know I was gonna in the hurdle Olympics. <laughs> and then he'll be like, damn. He's like, Babs, you know what? It's really nice meeting you. <laughs> How many hurdles do I gotta jump? He's like, this feels like the Iron Man. <laughs> I got to swim. I got to run. I got to bike. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Relationships aren't easy. No, they're not. E- and they shouldn't be easy, Harry. They should They should require something. Right? They should, re- they should require a little something. Yeah. You know, but I hear people say all the time, well, if I have to work at my relationship, it's not, you know. You should have to work in your relationship. No, well, let, listen, that's unrealistic. Life is about work, compromise. There's so many things that you learn in your everyday life that you have to incorporate. Your your relationship isn't going to be like some fairy tale. <laughs> you have to actually incorporate everything you learn in your life and apply it to the person you care. That's you know, it. They're not going to show up on a white horse in a tuxedo. Nope. They're just not. And they're not always going to say the right things. And they're not always going to be nice. And they're not always going to be... You got to be prepared for that. Just like 
raising kids and just like anything that requires commitment and effort, it's not always going to be pretty. And, you know, it's always going to be joyous, but it's not always going to be pretty. And uh, you got to be prepared for that. So that's why I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Karen and I are like two steps forward and two steps back. Right. Mm We, we, we're we're opposite in almost everything but and and yeah for 35 years you you made it work and you and you don't take it for granted you don't take these 35 years for granted you're like i still gotta work at this like i can't just sit around and be like oh we made it to 35 and therefore you know i don't treat my wife nice (laughs) absolutely it's it's just it's it's work but it's gratifying work it's putting the smile on her face, you know, and it's, it's all gratifying. If, if you really care and love for the per, you know, have love for the person, it's just like so gratifying to see her happy or, or when we haven't seen each other all day and just picking her up from work or her driving to pick me up from work. That moment that we see our eyes connect and it's like, <sighs> you exhale. My beloved. <laughs> yeah. And that's what it is. And you're such a good example that you're such a good example with this, such a good example. So that's why I, I, I dig y'all and, uh, you know, I'm not idolizing you at all, but I, I like the way that y'all have moved in the world. And it's such a good lesson for people, such a good lesson to be that y'all model for people. It's really a good lesson. So be proud of that. So, all right, let's see. Tomorrow is Friday. Tomorrow's Friday, Harry. Yeah. <laughs> Tomorrow's finally Friday. Tomorrow's Friday. I got a ten fifteen. I got the uh I got Goldie E. Patrick. She's the director um from the Mississippi Delta that's playing at the Westport um Country Playhouse, Harry, because she's she's doing that production and, and so she's she's our guest tomorrow, ten fifteen. Looking forward to talking to her. You know, this morning on, on WTNH um they had the fat bear of the week. The what? Fat bear, right? So now they this this contest. Fat bear. Well, bears, yeah. So are they people, hating on bears? This is they're fat shaming bears. <laughs> Aren't bears <laughs> supposed to be fat? <laughs> well, that's the thing. So people are taking pictures of the bears that they that frequent their properties and stuff, and it it's become a contest of who has the fattest bear, right? And this bear seven forty seven one but there was a cheating scandal about the whole contest of a fat bear contest what did they photoshop it and made it better you know it's it's just weird so what is this cheating business everybody wants to yeah. cheat <laughs> i know and all you got is pictures win so badly that we just just become a nation of cheaters <laughs> i don't get it but but i was like why is it okay to say, you know, fat bear week? And of course, the bears, it's, it's hibernation. They're going into hibernation. So they pack it on. They well, yeah, you would pack it on too, Eric. You had to be underground in a cave for <laughs> like six months, not whatever it is. But, but they're celebrating, you know, these fat bears. Oh, boy. All it's right. weird. Weirdness. Where are the Peter people when you need them? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Can we put these bears on vegan diets? 
I, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I don't think bears are going to go vegan. Not one bit. If you see a not when there's salmon in the water and, no. and, and little, little, little animals that they could beat up on. No. If you see a bear, a fat bear, go pet him. Yeah, don't do that. No, don't, don't, don't. That. listen. These bears will kick your door in now, Harry. You can't even run in the house. <laughs> they will yeah. kick your door in. I was like, that's what so, you get for living out there in the damn woods. So nobody took a picture of me. I would have been perfect for this contest. Me too, Harry. Fat bear of the week. <laughs> I could be fat bear too. <laughs> anyway, we got to get out of here. <laughs> Be back tomorrow. <laughs> we'll see y'all tomorrow. <laughs> Don't forget um, the New Haven um, Documentary Film Festival kicks off tonight. And yeah, first... don't forget it. And and I'm gonna repost the video with all the audio. So look for that. Um, okay. You're listening to Love Babs Love Talk on WNHH LP 103.5 FM. Your home for community radio. See ya. <laughs> Fat bears. <laughs> Lie, lie, lie.